I'm Sean Bowles, and I want to welcome you to Exploring the Prophetic Podcast. I have a passion for how the prophetic gifts can change the world around us. They make simple, everyday people like you and I a catalyst for life-changing experiences with the supernatural. On this podcast, I have friends from all different backgrounds who each have a powerful story to tell about how the prophetic is shaping their world. I invite you to be part of the conversation. This is Exploring the Prophetic. I have a new eight-week e-course called God's Secrets, and this is developing a lifestyle of words of knowledge. And I'm going to take you through teaching, activations, impartations, even quizzes to understand what words of knowledge are and how to have a biblical-based approach to applying these in your everyday life. I want to encourage you, download it now. You can do it online at your convenience over eight weeks, and it's going to change the way you think about the prophetic. Go to bullsministries.com or www.courses.bullsministries.com. I have Jack Smith, who's a friend of mine, who's going to come up here. <laughs> and I'm also breathing heavy because of the altitude. I'm like, <gasps> I'm from L.A. It's a little bit lower, you know. I'm like, every time I walk up the stairs or something, I'm like, am I that out of shape? What just happened? I just did Fryman Canyon. It's all uphill. What happened? I don't know. So uh, my friend Jack Smith is going to come up. I'm going to come over here. I'll tell you a little bit about Jack as he comes up. Come on up, Jack. Thank you so much. Let's give him a hand. This is your seat right here. Thank you, my friend. He came all the way here from Santa Barbara, California. And Jack is works in the mortgage area. He has been on a radical quest with his wife and family towards just seeing the hand of God move on the earth. He's, he's one of those guys who has truly believed that we can get empowered and see a difference in our life. And he's been, since I've known you, you've, you've had um, all kinds of, even before I knew you, I mean, I heard about you before through our mutual friends, you've always had this radical pursuit for God. And you're so giving, you're so generous, you're so kind with your time. And he's helped a lot of miracle properties happen, including our own. Like he was uh, helped us with our, our loan for our property that we get in Los Angeles. We were on the verge of getting a property we, we, we would have never qualified for, and then Jack stepped up to the table and helped us, which was amazing. But he's involved in the Upper Room Churches. Have you guys heard of Upper Room Worship? So there's an Upper Room here, and we're well not here, but in Dallas, I'm uh, Denver, and then there's one in Dallas as well. And they both have the same senior pastor's names, so you can always remember the senior pastor. And almost everybody on staff is a Michael. It's really easy. So, <laughs> so go ahead and get your mic. Welcome. Thank you so much. Is it on? on. We'll get it on. Now it's on. Hey, everybody. Thanks for having us. Yeah. Thank you so, I'm honored, man. Thank you so much. For I'm so glad you're here. You're, you're such a hybrid because you've done a lot of ministry, but you've also done a lot of business. And you've been, you've pastored, you've, you've done all kinds of coaching and helping people. You do a lot of prophetic stuff. He's part of a prophetic team in Los Angeles. But I mean, you also have this heart to see God break out and bring the provision that we need for these projects, especially in Hollywood and in in uh, properties, these kinds of things. So it's been really radical to watch and just listen to your journey and just go, wow, you're carrying something that's so special. So we have some stories. We're exploring the prophetic together. And I want to start with the story where you actually went to Reinhard Bonnke's school. I think this is really interesting. Okay. Let's go there. Thank you. All right. So uh, this is about two and a half years ago, and I'd been following your stuff for a while. I went to the what's called the Issachar School with Chuck Pierce, uh, maybe seven, eight years ago, been pursuing the prophetic. The Issachar anointing is about times and seasons, right? So what Sean carries is very different. Times and seasons are about landscape. This is very personal, what you carry and what you guys are being imparted today. Um, so 
just in that, I, I, I was hungry for more. And Reinhard Bonnke obviously has ministered to tens of millions. Yeah. And so I had two friends from the Upper Room Dallas that got accepted into his schools of evangelism. They're like, hey, you've got to come to this. It's going to be amazing. It's one of his last schools. And he's just wow. stout about the impartation is going to happen. And if you hear Reinhard, it's like the lion. The impartation will happen to all those that are there in Jesus' name. How many of you have heard Reinhard Bonnke? You. When Reinhardt talks, anything he says, I believe, is if it's God. Because his voice. He has, a, he has an inflection in his voice that's the most beautiful inflection. James Earl Jones and Reinhardt Bonnke have so, that. <laughs> so true, though. You're like, yeah, yeah, I believe it. In part, okay, let's go. I'm like, do I really believe it? Yeah, Reinhardt said it. I believe it. So... Anyways, we went to this, you know, to this school in Orlando with two of my best friends, and amazing speakers were there. Reinhardt, obviously, Todd White was there. I got to spend uh, four hours with Todd. You know, he came over to the house, and and he is as he is on the pulpit, as he is in the living room. The guy's amazing. Um, just had an amazing five days. Had a business partner in San Diego who was so jealous of me. He was calling me every day. I'm like, dude, no work. Shut it off. I'm with the, I'm with the Lord. I'm with my friends. And I'm going to get the impartation from Reinhardt. So you just got to leave me alone for a little bit, right? So we get to the end of the conference, and Reinhardt has 120 of us, and he lays hands on each of us. Everybody else goes down almost. I don't, I don't think there might have been a couple of us, but I kind of go through, and I receive the impartation, and I'm like... Lord, nothing happened. Am I weird? Is something wrong with me? What's going on? But I just kind of went through. He said, no, son, I just gave you the mind of Christ, and I gave you tongues of fire. Wow. I was like, oh, okay, I'll take that. But okay, I'm, I'm baptized already in the Holy Spirit. Can you, can you help me more? He goes, now when you preach the gospel, there's going to be fire on it like never before, and you're going to see his heaven seas. Wait, let me stop you there, because I feel like I was the guy growing up in church that was always the last man standing, and they used to call it renewal movements. They call it Oh, he's an oak. He's like the hard one, the hard to receive, <laughs> HTR. And I'm like prophetic. And so it would totally offend me. I'm going, no, I feel the presence of God. I just don't do all that stuff. Right. And it was really frustrating because like when you're in an environment where it's expected and you don't get a lot of times you get self-judge or get a wrong self-assessment. So I just wanted to stop. That's not the story. But I did want to stop there and say thank you for sharing that part because everyone else follows you're standing up and then God affirms you and says, yeah. it doesn't have to happen the way it happens to everybody for you. That's just yeah. beautiful. So how many of you have been hard to receive before? Anybody ever been called that? See, it's like, I mean, you don't have to fall down. You can still get the impartation. That's good. Thanks for saying that. That's awesome. Yeah, I've had people try to push me down before. And that, oh, that's, it's the worst. That's like, what, why? The worst. why? I what push you, back. Like, I'm like, you no, push me, I push doing? you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's not going to work, buddy. So um, bless you anyways. But yeah, um, but I want to receive. We want everything the Lord has, right? So yeah. I'm, of course, open and I... I'm heavy, you know, with experience and feeling the presence of God constantly. It's my life. His presence is everything. The upper room has this amazing scripture where it's, um, it's basically Solomon asking for wisdom. He's, he's saying, Lord, I don't know how to go in or go out. And so I'm like a child. I don't know how to go into your presence. So the focal point of what we do is to get into his presence and worship. And now under the new covenant, we have it better than Solomon, right? Because yeah. we have Jesus. So we're always in. So our going out actually happens from the in. Wow. That's so good. So it's a special thing that we, that we have. And so that place of knowing that Jesus is with us is like, it's the constant that, yeah. that helps me. <sighs> Anyways, so kind of moving forward, hang out that night with the, with the buddies. And we're in Orlando again. And so we take an early morning flight. And I'm going back to LAX. This is about, yeah, almost, almost three years ago now. And we have a layover in Nashville on a Saturday morning. I land in Nashville. I'm tired. The airport is packed, standing room only at the gate. And 
I sit down, I pop open my five-hour energy. I'm like, I'm going to get through this. I'm going to get home <laughs> feeling anointed like, you know, Lord, what do you want to do? You know, is there anything? But my heart's just present, not really, you know, doing anything but wanting to rest, quite frankly, if I was to be honest. So there's one open seat next to me, and this girl about my age, late 30s, comes walking along. She's like, can I sit here? I said, of course. And she looks at me with disdain, and she's like, you drink those five-hour energies? Do you know how bad those are? Those are gross. I'm like, I'm tired. Leave me alone. <laughs> like with a smile, we just have this. i my coffee as you're saying that. Right. So, drink up. I need some of that. But we have, we just start this like instant, you know, good, good report. And literally five seconds later, this heaviness comes over my body. Like mm. this almost sickness, this dread, this weight that's not from the Lord, what well, is from the Lord, but it's just telling me about her pain of what she's experiencing. And the Lord says, she went through a horrible family trauma four years ago, but today I need you to tell her how valuable she is to me. Wow. So I say, okay, I say, this is inappropriate. It might sound weird, but I feel like you went through a horrible family trauma four years ago. I'm like, did anything happen? And she goes, four years ago, my brother killed my parents and then killed himself. And I just broke. And there's about 12 people within an earshot. So people can hear this at this point. So you can like feel everybody just cringe and quiver and she starts to tear up and so do I. I go, I'm so sorry, honey. I go, Jesus was with you there. I know it's so hard to believe and even understand right now, but you were so loved and so valuable. And I'm here today to tell you that he was with you and that was not God's will that your parents would die. And she just goes, I've had uh, somebody take me to a Baptist church, a Mormon church, and now I've got this spiritist telling me that my brother's angry at me from the other side, and I can't even move my neck. And I'm in so much pain that I can't even move it. I go, that's not the Lord. She goes, my brother's mad at me. I go, no, he's not. I go, that's a demon literally talking through your spiritist, and you're believing it. That's the only reason why it has any power. I go, I'll prove it. I go, give me your hand. She gives me your hand. I go, Jesus, you love her so much. I said, neck be healed in Jesus' name. And now everybody's really freaked out, right? <laughs> and she's like, oh my God. She's, my, my neck's better. My wow. neck's better and she's moving it. And she's completely healed on the spot, starts weeping, right? Wow. Thank you, Lord. Thank hey, you, pause Jesus. real fast. Because I think of, I was watching a Columbine shooter's mom on TED Talks. I don't know if you guys, anybody else see that? And she's so vulnerable and so real, and I so appreciated her, her viewpoint. And I began to pray right then. I said, God, all of these families who are involved with the shooting side, not the, not the victim side, but the shooting side, what is the resolution for them? Like the family members who feel shame just by being attached, the family members who feel pain or going to spiritualists just to you know, try and figure it out. I am so excited about the story because it so displays justice of Jesus, of what he did on the cross for this woman's life. I mean, she she's not only trapped by the pain of the situation, but she's trapped by her t- her trying to resolve it in the wrong ways. And then you show up. So keep going. I just wanted to say that because we need to be creative in the way we think about God using us. You know, I mean, what if he sends you to a death row inmate? What if he sends you to a shooter? What if he sent a pre-shooter? You know, those kinds of things. We need to, we need to have our love on enough to where we can be available, you know? So good. Amen. Yeah, and so right then and there, I mean, things changed. Her options changed, as you would put it. Um, 
right then and there. And so she's weeping and she's like, who are you? Are you a pastor? I'm like, no, I'm a mortgage guy. I'm like, I'm just, <laughs> that's awesome. I'm here because I care about you. That's it. Jesus <laughs> loves you. That's it. But I just start talking about value and how precious she is and just reiterating the, wow. you know, that she has so much purpose. And then I get this word that she's actually going to heal thousands through what she went through because the amount of trauma that was intended to take her life as well, because the enemy wanted her to take her own life after this. I mean, the, the three closest people she had, right? Yeah. And so because she was able to survive, she is going to heal thousands. She's like, I really feel that that's what I'm supposed to do. Wow. She's like, yeah, that's what I'm supposed to do. Absolutely. And so we start talking, getting to know each other. Well, it turns out she's, you would know the networks, one of the, one of the big three or four, and she's the head executive producer for the top shows of this, of this network. And she's on a layover back to LA from New York just to see her nephew and then turn right around. So like the happenstance that we're right there sitting next to each other is, is none, right? But she's this big time producer. So we have this awesome conversation. We actually hear both of our names called. It's Southwest. We almost miss our flight because we're in such <laughs> great conversation just about life and what and she's doing. And the 12 doing. people around you who are eavesdropping. Right. You guys right. all miss your flight together. Right. <laughs> so we were like three gates over randomly, but yeah, I'm sure like, anyways, we almost missed our flight. To, all to say that, they were like literally mad because we showed up late. So wow. we had to sit at different places because um, we were on Southwest. Um, they don't have seat assignments. They have position boarding positions. Um, so I write my wife immediately. I go, I go, honey, amazing encounter. God's not done with it. Not even close. I'm like, pray, pray, pray. So I just spend like the next three and a half hours praying. Wow. The Lord has me write a $200 check for her while I'm on the plane. Mm. And I'm like, Lord, why am I writing a $200 check? Is what I hear. She probably makes three quarters of a mil a year. She'd be like, oh, thanks, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, all right, I'm going to look stupid, Lord, but for you, God, this, is, this is awesome, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep it going. I believe Reinhardt, I believe you, okay? Yeah. So wrote the $200 check, felt like the Lord wanted to, wanted to deliver her of uh, chronic fatigue and, and back pain as well that was, wow. that was crippling, and that she was gonna, just going to receive the spirit as we got to LAX. So we bounce off the plane. She comes skipping up to me. She's like, my neck feels good. My neck feels good. Totally changed her posture. And I'm like, that's amazing. I'm like, you know, today's your day, right? She's like, yeah, today's my day. I'm like, but there's two other things. I'm like, you have chronic fatigue that you're dealing with and you have severe back pain that's like almost crippling sometimes. And she's like, ah, how did you know? Yes. And so we got that done right there, healed on the spot. Yes. Of course. And so I say, look, I'm like, salvation and in getting into Christ, if you believe and you confess, yeah, you can say it in a prayer and it can happen. But I just believe that where you're at right now, like Jesus loves you and he has you, but I just want you to pray with me. Let's pray. And so we just have her declare her value over herself, right? Because when you hear, faith comes by hearing and you can have faith even by hearing your own speech over yourself. So I have her make agreement with who she is and break agreement with everything that the spirit is and everyone else got her into. And that was amazing. And so, you know, we, you know, part ways exchange information. I'm like, hey, one more thing, one more thing. Again, weird. I'm like, the Lord told me to give you this, this little $200 piddly check, right, for her. Not minimizing that dollar amount. And she goes, you have no idea. Gives me a bear hug, breaks down. She's like, I have to go. She's like, call me or I'll call you. Bye. Runs away. 
mic drop. I'm like, what, what just happened, Lord? So I literally like, and I don't advise this, I kneeled down at the passenger pickup at LAX, and I'm like, Jesus, you're awesome. <laughs> never done that again. Probably never, you know, anyways. I, I did it because awesome. it was just ridiculous, right? So my buddy, my business partner in San Diego has been trying to get a hold of me all week because he, you know, was jealous that I'm there. Now I've got the importation, of course. Super jealous. Um, so anyways, he's calling me and he's like, dude, you know, I finally call him back after five days of no response. How was it? I'm like, bro, it was amazing. But the best part about it was what just happened. And so I go through the whole story and he goes, and he's an uh, MBA from NYU. Okay. And he worked at this network that she worked at. She goes, he goes, I know they have 3,000 employees in New York, but what was her name? I say her name. This is my business partner in San Diego. Phone goes silent. He goes, after my wife 10 years ago had an affair on me, that was the girl that I slept with for a year. Oh, my gosh. Wow. She's in New York, him in San Diego, me coming back from Orlando to Nashville. It, there's no mathematic probability that we could be there. So he goes, dude, what do you think God's doing? I'm like, bro, I'm like, this is your chance. Because he's remarried now. He's got two beautiful kids. He's been married for like six years at this point. And I go, you get to call her and you get to testify to the glory of Jesus and that you're my business partner to even more impact what just happened. Wow. You get to repent and you get to tell her how valuable she is. Wow. Amen. <laughs> And so we did it. Wow. And there was forgiveness over the phone, and it was just this amazing thing. And so, you know, there's been, there's been follow-up, but, you know, it was one of those things that after that, God can do anything, anywhere, anytime. Yeah. So we don't always have to be aggressive about it, but we always have to be postured to be on, because when we're on, the Lord can use that on to be activated at any time, to do anything. So good. What was the $200? What did it end up being? Dude, so, so here's the, here's the crux of what I think it is. Cause she didn't come out and say it, but somebody ripped her off and asked for like an offering, like in church or something like that for a couple uh, hundred bucks okay. for 200 bucks. And that was the amount that I wrote. So it had nothing to do with the amount, but it was the, the robbery the that was yeah. cloaked in Christianity that was that repaid so cool. by the Lord, by that little check. Wow. I think it's interesting because the prophetic is such a, a gift-giving gift. It's not just a word. It's action. It's time. It's quality time. It's, it's gifts. Like even to people, I, I know there's a, a very, 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 very wealthy woman and very well-known woman. And the Lord said, I was in a little Hollywood gift shop. And I'm a cheesy Hollywood crap. But it's not like good stuff. And I found a little key that said Hollywood on it. And I just felt like the Lord said, buy this for her as a key to Hollywood. And I'm like, Lord, I'm not giving this super posh, wealthy woman a little $3 key from a terrible gift shop in the middle of Hollywood. Like one of those ghetto gift shops where you're <laughs> like, this is, this probably has lead in it. This would make me terrible, part, you know. Yeah. So she, they, she and her husband came into town, and I said, hey, at the very end, I, I tried to slip it in, like, I, I almost like a shame gift, you know? <laughs> like, hey, just so you know, like I, was, I was in this little gift shop, and I just felt to buy this for you. Just, you know, you have a key. I know you're going to make some movies and stuff in Hollywood. I, I just felt like you have a key to Hollywood, and I just kind of, like, almost threw it at her. 
And she like grabs and starts weeping. She's like, Aww. on the way of the plane here, I saw God give me the key to Hollywood. This is the most important gift I've ever received. Uh, yeah. Her husband's like, hey, I, look at that ring on her finger. That's the most important gift, you know. And she, this little $3 gift trumped in her mind. It, it just spoke so much more. So I just, again, I want to encourage you guys. One of the reasons why we do Exploring the Prophetic is because it's the process behind the, the great transformations that happen in people's lives. But let's go beyond this because this has become kind of your lifestyle as far as just being obedient and listening to God and just being his friend. And there's a lot of stories since then, but what, give us your next, because there's a couple of stories that were in your heart to tell. Yeah. Well, I think the, the one that's most pertinent to what I think we're going after today, which is shifting culture through the love of yeah. God. Um, was when I was watching a guy by the name of Sean Bowles online <laughs> and man, you were, just delivering this powerful sermon, but you released this word and you said the Lord is, is giving lands and buildings to fulfill kingdom purposes like never before. Yeah. And I'm paraphrasing, but it was something along those lines. And then, you know, a couple of days later, I'd found out that you'd prophesied. Can you, can you speak to how many buildings you've prophesied? At no, this it's about 50, 57 prophesied, about 49 delivered. <laughs> it's 49. crazy. That's incredible. And these are like churches, a theater, business places like like business centers, a camp, two campuses, hotels. It's been wild. That's incredible. These aren't small properties. These no. are major, major beacons of kingdom activity. Um, and he's a mortgage guy. So, of course, I did one particular message. I'll just say this for everyone listening. Uh, it was at our church on a Sunday morning, I believe, and I just shared how there's keys to resources that God has that need to be given to believers because there's a harvest that's going to happen centered around God's activity that happens in these types of buildings and places, homes, you know, business centers, these kinds of things. And God wanted to give us great stewardship in our generation of real estate and property. And so I shared this and we had such a breakthrough of property that year. We had, we had people, we probably had, I don't know, like 10 homeowners in our ch- entire church and we had 20 people buy houses just that year. Wow. Amen. You know, after 12, 10 years at that point of church. So it's like, yeah. That's, I mean, LA is a hard place to buy. And then we also had about 10 other groups buy like property for their businesses or buy properties in different ways. And so it was a really before and after kind of sermon. I don't usually do prophetic sermons on Sunday mornings, but I felt to like really launch this. And so wow. you heard that somehow. I, I heard, I heard that. I was watching, you know, I, we hadn't met yet. This is probably a, just a couple weeks after that initial story that I just told. So we had yet wow. to meet, you and I've met not even two years ago yeah. at this point. So anyways, we, uh, you know, I'm sitting there and I'm, I'm watching this and in my spirit, like almost audibly, it's like, you're going to finance those properties. It was like the wind just went, like, you're going to finance those properties. And I was like, wow. Now I'd been in mortgage since I was 22. Okay. And at a young age at 23, I, we had a big company. I was, I was running it at a stupid age because it was easy back then. And it was the worst thing and best thing that, um, I ever went through, but um, yeah, to, to basically put, put all that, um, into context, I hated the mortgage business Hmm. every day of my life. I hated, you know, what, what I, what I did. And it was because of the stress that it caused people as they were going through their process. It's just emotional, like one of the biggest processes of your life, you know, going leading up to where you're going to spend the next 20, 30, 40 years in in a lot of cases. And so there's a few pieces of paper to sign. Yeah, there was like hundreds and hundreds. <laughs> when he gave us our stack, I was like, 
I don't, that's like a, bigger than a law book in a law office. I mean, it's Seriously. like that big. And I thought, this is going to take an hour to sign all this. Seriously. Not really, but you Seen know. a couple of days. Everything, exactly. But no, it's a, but it's, a, it's just a, it's a process. And I always thought that my wife was a missionary for seven years in Asia. And so we did short-term trips, leading teams and saw amazing things overseas constantly. And so my heart was really like, Lord, I'm supposed to minister full time. Wow. And it was always no. It was no, no, you're, you're supposed to stay. Trust me, you're supposed to stay. Trust me, you're supposed to stay. And so with that word, honestly, it was a big seed because mm. all of a sudden that began to grow every single day and the Lord would water it and I would be, begin to picture what I could do. But that's commercial finance. So for those of you that, that aren't familiar, to finance a home and finance a building are like two different languages, yeah. two separate worlds, and really two separate worlds of access. So to be in commercial at a high level, like you've, gotta, you've just got to have a, a different set of, of networks, bankers around you, which I didn't have at the time. But what I did have is success running this residential fund, doing high-end properties for a lot of cool people, celebrities, actors, things like that. And um, I was the number one national producer for this company. Well, the guy that was directing this company, he calls me um, shortly after I hear this sermon and saying, hey, buddy, Merry Christmas, you're in commercial. So basically, I'm running a wow. family. I'm running a family office, a four billion dollar fund, and we're only going to let ten guys run with this. And so there's no one west of the Mississippi that's got it. You know, here's what we can do. And so all of a sudden, in a heartbeat, I could finance land and buildings for Kingdom Purpose. Wow, wow, this is so wild. And you're you're currently because this is all really current. Um, there's a bunch of projects we're going through right now. So so it's amazing. So we've been, there's, there's a church called Isla Vista Church in Santa Barbara, young church, all college kids. You guys know Jesus Burgers? Have you heard of Jesus Burgers ever? You guys have heard of these, these guys are radicals. They just, while people are coming home drunk from their college campus, they're out there just giving them burgers and, you know, people are high and they're just out there like loving on them. It's radical. It is radical. So on like hundreds and hundreds, if not like thousands of kids on Friday night flood the streets to party in Isla Vista, which is the college part of UC Santa Barbara. And these guys literally, they stand out there, give them burgers and prophesy over people, pray for people. Yeah. And the stories are phenomenal. And they've just been this epicenter of love to the college campus for 15 years now. Well, one of the, one of the projects, and there's, there's a, a couple other cool ones, but it's been a 10 week fight to try to get this thing to close, but they're going to build a mission base in the middle of frat row to, to, to <laughs> get why awesome. they have YWAMers and Bethel teams in all the time. Yeah. And they're going to build this missions base on just under an acre of land in the middle of this stuff. And it's the last piece of property. It's this golden piece of land. And basically because I came along, the pastors were like, there's no way we can get it. I'm like, yeah, we can, we can get it. Yeah. And so it's been a 10 week fight. And I wake up this morning with a text saying, docs are ready. We're closing today. Yes. So I'm gonna leave here and I'm gonna sign the documents yeah. for, this, for this property. Now I'm, I'm gonna get a little personal because Sri and I, the property that we went after you guys, we had about 40 words to us. And I think it was God sewing back into our lives after we'd sewn so many property words, but we had all these words about a property. And one of the key ones, and it was always bigger than we could have done for a personal property that had some commercial aspect to it. And Cindy Jacobs, right after a big event that I was a part of called Azusa Now. Yeah. I, yes, we love Azusa <laughs> Now. It was so amazing. Come to the Send. If you don't know about the Send, come to the Send in February. <laughs> but, uh, but Cindy Jacobs, I get off the stage. I had a little part to play. I get out, or I'm still on the stage, but I get off the mic, and she starts prophesying over me. And this one, how many of you know who Cindy Jacobs is? 
So this woman's little. I'm tall. She's little. And she could take me down. And she prophesies, and she says this whole word, and she started prophesying. She thought she was doing my church building. She goes, no, this isn't your church. This is a house, and she describes it. She says it has a house, has a soundstage, it has a bungalow, it has office space. She's describing this property, and it's right in the heart of L.A., and she describes where it is, a street that it could be off of the whole thing. So I thought, in 10 or 20 years, maybe we'll have this. You know, like, and she goes, and it's now. And I'm like, that's nice. So in July... <laughs> My wife is in full faith, because at this point we had some really guiding words about this. My wife's in full faith. And in, uh, in July, that of, of three, it was two years ago, two and a half years ago, um, I hear the Lord say, um, it's a Thursday, and he says, the house that I have for you is going to be off the market by Monday. Wow. Do you want it? And I was like, Thursday, Monday, what kind of house is this? If it's what Cindy described, I don't understand. So I just repented and I said, you're so good. You could have told me Tuesday. <laughs> but you told me today, so I can still apprehend this. So I called Sheree, and Sheree knew, you guys. Even the listing names that Hollywood history has been made here, and that's what Cindy Jacobs had prophesied, and I never told my wife the word. I forgot, because it was such a big day. My first repentance of, of the day was that, not tell my wife. And the second thing was I was like, I'm so sorry I haven't been in full faith for this, Sheree, like you have. And so Sheree's like, I know where that is. I've seen the listing. It's like this kind of a house that needs to be re rebuilt or remodeled or whatever, um, renovated. And so she goes, it's kind of like a, you know, fixer-upper type thing. And she goes, but I know where it's at. Let's go look at it. And she goes, do you want to go look? I said, yeah. So we went and looked. And we can only see one part. We can only see, like, this driveway and one part. And the rest of it was all rented out for a studio or something. And so we looked at it. And we stood on the land. And we were with our friend, mutual friend Lori, who leads my prophetic team. a real estate agent. And she says do you guys feel that? And I go, yeah, this is ours. We're going to have this house. Wow. And both of us are looking at each other like, this is ours, but there's literally zero way to get this house. And then the real estate, their real estate agent comes to us and says, oh, we have full price cash offer. She's like this super like hot real estate agent <laughs> who's in her 50s, who's like, she's Sharona from the song, my Sharona. She's the one they wrote the song about, for real. And so she's like rocker chick, you know, my wife is laughing, just going, look at her. She's like all L.A., you know, and she, she, she's like going, oh, you guys, you're so cute that you want this house, but you're not even qualified. Like, you can't even have this house. And I go, this is ours. Like, we're going to buy this. And she's like, cute. You know, when, when people say cute that way, you know what they mean. They're like, mm-hmm. So <laughs> they gave us, it's a long story short, but they, we wrote a letter to the, the owner the owner um, had got the house by a miracle, and his grandmother had prophesied to him, there's a miracle property. I'm telling the story for a reason because it really applies to what Jack, I think, is doing. Uh, his, his grandma prophesied, he's not a Christian, you're going to go to America from Peru, you're going to go to America, and you're going to get a miracle property, and when you do, when it's time to sell it, give it to someone else who needs a miracle. So all these years, wow. he's run this studio property, this whole thing, and he had three full price cash offers to go into a bidding war and to go at least a million dollars above the price it was listed at. And we wrote him a letter that said, sir, we need a miracle. And we tell him our story as a family, what we want to use the property for. He throws it down and says, oh, F this. <laughs> and the real estate agent, agent's like, why are you so mad? He goes, I have to, I have to sell it to them at the listing price. <laughs> and she said, no, you don't. And he said, I have to do it. I guess I gave them one week to find financing. So long story short is Jack ended up becoming the permanent financing of this project. And he came in with just full faith. Like, do you guys know it's done? There was, at one point, we were facing some challenges. 
And he's like, no, it's done. It's done. It's, it's done. And I'm like, how do you know it's done? <laughs> he's like, trust me, you know, in the spirit and the natural. So I just love when you have, like, we have to realize how God's positioning people. And I love how God's positioned you because you're a man of faith and you're seeing, I love that you took on the assignment of real estate. Because remember you told us in the beginning of our project, you were you're like, I'm unhappy, but I'm starting to see God's assignment for why I'm doing this. Now you're the opposite. You're like, this is an assignment of God. Totally. Let's do this. You know, which is looking for properties, looking at things that are really creative. So I so appreciate that about you. Thank Tell you me so at least much. one more real estate story though. Cause we've just told two. You told one, I told one. Tell me one more that God did. Can I tell you one that's in process that I think yeah. is going to be more powerful? Than I love that. Anything? Do one in process. So I've got a, a, a buddy in Kalamazoo, Michigan, who, um, you know, I've been hunting with, close with his family, and I went and visited him about a month ago. And I'd never been to Kalamazoo. It's two hours west of Detroit. You'd never really want to go there unless you had family or friends there. It's nowhere. Yeah. It's cold. It's not fun. So, you know, I drive in, and I'm like, man, this is actually a happening little hip, hipster town. It's like 100,000 people. It's bustling. Everything's new. Everything is cool. And so, you know, I, I come meet up with my buddy, and we start delving into some of the projects that he's got. And I'm like, dude, I knew you were a baller, but this is ridiculous. Wow. So he's building this 24-story apartment office uh, retail center in the middle of town. It'll be the largest building. So we go up on top of the rooftop on a, this is a month and a half ago, so it was still a nice day, colors are changing, hard hats on, and there's like 40 construction workers working. And he goes, man, I came here 27 years ago, and this town didn't look anything like this. And all of a sudden I hear the, or feel the Holy Spirit just come on me big time, and like, he starts pointing at all the properties, and it was over 20 properties that he had built in that 27 year period. And you could tell that everywhere that he built, and he's a kingdom guy, it literally changed the, the surrounding landscape. area. It just changed everything. So you did this whole 360 on the top of this building, the highest vantage point in town. And he literally created a kingdom environment with all these cool businesses, with all these cool buildings. Wow. He's literally you know, the most influential person in town. And he takes people to Bethel constantly. He has a prayer team and, and he started from nothing but a vision from God that he wanted to transform this city and put the kingdom of our Lord in the kingdom of Kalamazoo wow. and completely transformed it. So when I saw that, that was like, that was the culmination of the vision. So it's like, okay, kingdom properties, yes. But what does it mean to build kingdom cities? What does it mean to take over territories? What does it mean for Loveland, for Colorado, to have five square miles completely transformed because of the love and the vision and the word of God over your life? Wow. So wow. That's, so what, good. that's what all of us are moving into because people are territory, people are or I feel like a, a form of real estate as well. And so as we love and as we have vision for people, that's, that's a form of building the kingdom of the Lord. And I love the, the perspective of this too, because, you know, a lot of Christians get involved with church building processes that aren't that successful. By the time they're done with it, there's not even the people to support it anymore. There's not even the families there because they put all the emphasis on the building process. But we're talking about, and I love when Christians do build buildings, it's the right thing to do for the churches. But I think uh, Barna Group put out a statistic that I think it's 70% fail wow. of the building, church buildings fail. But then I look at this guy who's building a city. Yeah. He's literally rebranding, changing the landscape of the city. And I was in Dubai, and I was with some builders there. And Dubai is one of the most expensive, incredible cities. And one of the builders was from India. 
and he heard a voice. He wasn't a Christian. He was a Christian at this point, but he wasn't a Christian at the time. And he heard a voice tell him, and it was the voice of God, but he didn't know it at the time, tell him, help me to change the skyline of this city so that it will look like me. Wow. Oh. Can you imagine? And he gets saved later on, and he knows the whole time he's just, he would say he'd meditate and wait for this voice to come, and it felt like a father. And then he ended up getting saved, and he knew it was God, and it was just one of those, those moments, but he was sharing with me. So he was pointing, doing the same thing, pointing out the skyline of Dubai, the most expensive city in the world. And he had built at least 12 of the buildings that are the marking buildings. Wow. And is building the new tallest building, you know, like the, the next tallest building. And I just think that it's good for us to hear this as we're exploring the prophetic that, that God is into reshaping not only culture, but the things that define our cultural tribal system. And part of that is city. Part of that is um, for entertainment, like some of the entertainment buildings that are going up. Like I think of Matt Crouch who just took over his parents' TBN just not too long ago, and he came from Hollywood, and he actually took the whole campus and rebuilt it so it was more like uh, what you would find a really cool like MTV-type building versus, I love Jan Crouch, but it was like gold and burgundy and pur- you know, purple and all those <laughs> colors. Right. And he, he made it really contemporary, and he, he built this vision to where like people like Mike Rowe and Mike Huckabee come in, and they feel at home in the studio, and they're doing shows now on TBN. And he built this really comfortable place to where people can make it's the most powerful media that's ever happened in the world. But there's something about real estate and how the aesthetics and the design, and I learned it a lot through our house, through the house process, as far as what makes a home a home. Mm-hmm. And so I love that you're in this process. What do you think is the, the next five years? I'm just I'm asking you a very personal, visionary question. The next five years of your involvement with real estate, what do you think it's going to look like? We're going to reshape cities. That's awesome. You have a little account to start with. You know, they have... You said $4 billion that they have an account that's set apart? They, they've got a billion place and they have three billion. So it's not going to work for, for everything. It's specific properties. So there's hotels. But I believe there's, there's unique strategies specifically that the yeah. Lord's going to allow us to, to use traditional means of making money in real estate, but adding new twists on them. And then there's a couple that he's already showed me to fund projects like film. To fund, to fund, you know, development projects, to 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 reface a city block in in LA that that might be run down and uncared for. Um, so so really, it's it's identifying um, where the Lord wants to wants to plant a seed of people, yeah, and start to germinate a beautiful thing from because it's always going to start, you know, just with a mustard seed. So it's going to look small. It's not going to yeah. be going. We're not going to go and buy the Beverly Beverly Wilshire. I don't think. You know, I think it's going to be like there might be a Motel 6, but there's going to be five other properties that will be coming available. So we'll buy the Motel 6, rebrand and yeah. reshape it, and then put Kingdom all around it as well. And we'll adopt the block. See, and Amy McPherson did that in L.A. Did you know that? I didn't know that. So she, they wouldn't let her move into Hollywood proper. She wanted to buy a property in Hollywood. It was too expensive. So she bought right outside of uh, Hollywood to Echo Park. And she bought a rundown old building and then some property, a bunch of property, and made that whole man-made lake. And then she made Angel's Temple, which has survived every earthquake. You were there with me. Yeah. We did an event there recently. And so Amy Samuel Pearson was the first woman to start a denomination, first Christian radio station, first Christian TV station that never got fully launched because she passed away at the time. But she created a building. She wasn't an architect, had zero architectural degree, designed it herself, then had them take it. And they took her exact thing to blueprint form. It was that good. Wow. And so I just think like, and she, her vision was let's create a space to where during the Great Depression, everybody, whether the, the mail carrier, the rich man, or the poor man can all come and eat together and experience God together. And it was like three square blocks. 
now there's a remnant of it left, but it's just so, so I believe that. And there's just something about we're going to reach our cities by being in our cities. So love that. It's so good, Jack. Well, we have to stop, but this has been such a great time for those who are here live. I want Jack to pray for you. For those who've been listening online, thank you so much for listening to exploring the prophetic. And uh, if you want to get a hold of Jack Smith, is there a good way to get a hold of you? Jack at sb.capital. Oh, you're going to get a lot of emails on this one. Everyone's going to want you to help their, their it's building. It's shambles.capital, so it's <laughs> forwards to him. There you go. Santa Thanks Barbara. so much no. for being on, though, for Thank real. You. Absolutely. Thanks okay, so much that's for having me. Thank for, you. Stand up with me. I want to pray for people who need properties. Stand up if you're in the middle of a property process or have a vision for a property in the future that you're going to be stewarding or... Uh, or there's an expansion of a property you already have. I want you to just stay standing. And Jack, we want you to release, just like you had impartation from Rodney, we want to pray an impartation of this anointing to possess land. Yeah, so, so James 1.5 says, You who lack wisdom, ask the Lord of all wisdom, who gives it liberally without reproach. And he'll give it, Right? But when he gives it, believe that you receive. Don't doubt it because it's real. It's from him, okay? You're a sheep. You hear his voice. Like Sean said earlier, if, if you ask for bread, he's not going to give you a stone. So, Father, I just thank you for, for strategies. I thank you for faith, and I thank you for connections to be released to everyone in this room right now that has a desire for kingdom purpose through real estate, through land, through buildings, through their home. Lord, let it be. I just pray a multiplication even on that vision. Whatever it is, Lord, that just do it more. Do it bigger. Do it more abundantly and bring the resources. We just release every resource in heaven for them right now in the name of Jesus. We thank you for your love, God, that it's all about love, that there would just be, uh, it would be a hotbed that would be known for your love that would change lives. So I thank you for each life accounted for in this room. I thank you for the praises on their lips that says yes and amen before it happens, Lord. Yeah, so I just say it's done in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening to Exploring the Prophetic Podcast. I'm your host, Sean Bowles, and I want to encourage you to continue the conversation with us online at www.bowlesministries.com. We have exciting resources, e-courses, books, even children's materials to help you grow in the prophetic and go on a continuing journey of hearing God's voice. If you're enjoying this podcast, don't forget to subscribe and rate and tell all your friends. Join me next time where we explore the prophetic together.